In today's episode, let's catch up on all the latest happenings around the world. We'll discuss everything from world affairs to breaking news. We'll take a closer look at some ongoing wars in different regions. We'll focus on China, Nauru, Myanmar, Israel, Ukraine, Gaza, Russia, and Palestine. Let's start by talking about how China and Nauru relate. It's interesting to see how these relations are impacting global politics. They are also affecting Taiwan's diplomatic ties. Next, we'll take a look at the rebels in Myanmar. They are fighting against the junta in an unprecedented way. Isn't it amazing how people can come together to stand up for what they believe in? Next, we'll explore what's going on in Pakistan. There is political turmoil there. Imran Khan's disqualification is raising concerns. People worry about the future of democracy. The PTI crackdown is also causing alarm. We will also chat about a few different things. We'll also talk about Europe's defense. It has been on high alert lately due to growing worries. Then we'll check out the recent aid surges for Ukraine. We'll also take a look at some urgent calls for preparedness. We'll explore Belgium's awesome commitment to sustainable practices focused on space exploration. They're doing some really cool stuff. They're signing the Artemis Accords. Exciting stuff ahead. In other exciting news, Sweden is making significant progress on its journey with NATO. We'll also discuss the role of cats in the front line of wars in Ukraine and Russia. Finally, we'll give you the latest updates on the Israel-Palestinian war. We'll tell you about the current situation in Khan Yunis. Thousands are fleeing as the Israeli military surrounds the city. So sit back, relax, and let's dive into the latest world news together. Listen up. China's Foreign Minister Wang Yi had a friendly meeting. He met with Nauru's Minister for Foreign Affairs, Lionel Angimia. This marked a historic moment. Wang Yi believes the resumption of ties shows the One China principle. It is an undeniable historical trend. Angimia acknowledged Taiwan as part of China, but the people of Taiwan reject Beijing's claims of sovereignty. Nauru's decision follows Taiwan's recent election. The self-governing republic now has only 12 diplomatic allies. The US maintains unofficial ties with Taiwan. It is disappointed with this move. This strategic diplomatic dance impacts global relations. China is poaching Taiwan's allies. This is part of a broader strategy. It affects Taiwan's international standing. Developing nations are vulnerable to China's influence. They are also vulnerable to China's financial inducements. This raises questions. The focus is now intensifying on Taiwan's last allies. Diplomatic shifts like these show how complex global politics can be. Let's take a moment to explore this. Since the military coup in 2021, Myanmar has been dealing with a persistent rebel insurgency. The rebels were once dismissed as weak. Now, they are led by the Three Brotherhood Alliance. They launched a successful offensive. They named it Operation 1027. This has shaken the junta's control. The rebels 
now control key areas. This impacts trade routes and strategic locations. Their success has prompted other resistance groups to challenge the junta's control in various regions. These groups are fueled by the national unity government. This has created a perilous tipping point. Rebel pressure is evident in the heartland region of Mandalay. It's also evident in the sensitive Rakhine state. The junta feels pressure. It has responded with more violence. This raises concerns about Myanmar's future. The situation is complex and evolving. The coordination among diverse resistance groups is remarkable. They aim not to defeat the junta, but to reshape Myanmar into a federal democracy. The rebels have shown unprecedented resilience. They have also shown tactical innovation. They have also made unprecedented strategic gains. This has led to debates about Myanmar's future. The junta weakens. A question arises, will Myanmar break into ethnic statelets or will it witness the complete ouster of the junta? The resistance envisions a federal democracy. Challenges like inter-ethnic tensions loom large. The role of drugs and illicit trade is another major challenge. The current moment in Myanmar is delicate. The junta is at its weakest. The resistance is making significant gains. Negotiations among resistance groups will be crucial. They will prevent a descent into civil war. Myanmar's future hangs in the balance. Brace yourselves for this one. Pakistan is going through a tough time politically. We're going to discuss it today. The recent pre-poll rigging led to the expulsion of Pakistan Tariq e Insaf PTI. It's a sign of a bigger problem. Democratic principles are being eroded. What does this mean? And why should we care? Let's break it down. Democracy is crucial for political stability. It is also crucial for global credibility. It is under threat in Pakistan. The disqualification of Prime Minister Imran Khan is scary. The crackdown on PTI is also scary. Democratic voices are being silenced. Peaceful protests are being disrupted. The media is being restricted. The upcoming elections are facing some complications. This is due to the recent Supreme Court decision. The Pakistan Tariq A. Insaf PTI party has been stripped of its election symbol. Now PTI candidates are running as independents. This has made it challenging for them to connect with voters. It has raised serious concerns about the transparency and fairness of the electoral process. The future of Pakistan's democracy is uncertain. Pakistan is going through a difficult time. It's important for the global community to come together and help. How can we ensure a free and fair election process? There are many ways to achieve this. For example, we can use independent monitoring. We can also use diplomatic pressure and we can support civil society. We can also use targeted sanctions. We can provide post-election support. Dr. Seema Khan stresses the need for the global community. She wants to ensure political stability in Pakistan. The fifth most populous country faces a crisis. This is not a matter of national security. It's also a concern for stability 
in the region and globally. A politically stable Pakistan is important. Defense officials in Europe are a little anxious. They need to strengthen our defense capabilities. Why? Well, it turns out that the security landscape in Europe is no longer as safe as it once was. Last year, Western aid for Ukraine faced some challenges. But don't worry, European allies are stepping up. The EU is close to agreeing on a 50 billion euro aid package. The UK, Germany and France are pledging extra support. But some defense officials are sounding alarms. They realize that we might need to do more to protect ourselves. General Mikael Biden of Sweden and other defense heads in the Nordics are sounding the alarm. They emphasize that we need to act. Admiral Rob Bauer of NATO is urging us to prepare for the worst case scenario. He says that peace is not guaranteed. Admiral Bauer stresses the importance of basic preparations. These include water, a radio, a flashlight, and batteries. They are essential to survive the initial 36 hours. His message is clear. We need to take proactive steps to prepare for any situation. It seems like the Estonia Prime Minister's interviews have caused a bit of a stir. However, there are some positive things happening too. Member of the European Parliament, Riho Teres, says diplomatic efforts are gaining European support for Ukraine. Increased awareness is also helping. Member of the European Parliament, Urmas Payet, reminds us to balance our message. We should include explanations of preparedness measures. This will ensure that everyone is on the same page. There will be no misunderstandings. So, how should we deliver these warnings? General Martin Haram, Estonian Defense Forces commander, thinks we should be honest. We should be transparent and communicate. We must explain what we're doing to prepare and what people can do to help. Listen up. Belgium has taken a huge step forward by signing the Artemis Accords. So, what does this mean for space exploration and international cooperation? It's a stellar move indeed. Belgium has joined the Artemis Accords. This commits them to the best practices for responsible space exploration. Ministers Haja Labib and Thomas Dermin signed the document. This makes Belgium the 34th country to join these principles. The United States introduced the Artemis Accords in 2020. They extend the principles of the Outer Space Treaty. They cover everything from registering space objects. They also share scientific data. They manage space activities. Belgium is committed to sustainable space exploration. It is also committed to responsible exploration of space. This shows its dedication. Haja Labib and Thomas Dermin are thrilled. Belgium has committed to the Artemis Accords. They believe it will strengthen international ties. It will also open up new economic opportunities for space experts in Belgium. Belgium is now well positioned. It can contribute to the working group of signatories to the Artemis Accords. It took a cooperative approach. Belgium is contributing to the aerospace industry. It is pledging over 946 million euros to the European Space Agency. This is an impressive feat. I'm glad to see 
that Belgium is dedicated to space exploration. I'm excited to share that Belgium has signed the Artemis Accords. This is a global alliance for space exploration. Belgium is one of 12 member states that have joined the growing accords. This agreement has significant implications for Belgium. It could affect its potential participation in the Artemis program. This program aims to explore the moon with humans. Belgium's involvement is crucial. Did you know that Belgium has an astronaut? Raphael Liegeois is part of ESA's 2022 class. Turkey has approved Sweden's NATO membership bid. This is a huge milestone for Sweden. Turkey's parliament has given the green light for their NATO membership. It's a big step forward for the country. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan is set to ratify the decision in the coming days. Since 2022, Sweden has been working to join NATO. This is in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Today's approval comes after Finland joined in April. This move has really strengthened NATO's defenses in the Baltic region. It's worth noting that there were some delays, Turkish concerns over the Kurdistan Workers' Party, PKK issue caused them. Erdogan had demanded action against the PKK. He designated it as a terrorist group. In 2023, Sweden passed an anti-terrorism bill. This was to address these concerns. The bill still respects freedom of speech laws. It concerns Kurdish independence. It was a delicate balancing act, but they managed to find a solution that worked for everyone. Erdogan hinted that Sweden's NATO approval may be connected. He suggested it might relate to the potential sale of F-16 fighter jets to Turkey. Secretary of State Antony Blinken has suggested finalizing the deal. He suggested this upon Turkey's vote. But some opposition still exists in the US Congress. This is due to Turkey's human rights record. Once Erdogan ratifies the vote, Hungary will be the final piece of the puzzle. Negotiations are already underway. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban is meeting with Sweden's Prime Minister Ulf Christensen. Trust is very important for political and security cooperation. Hungarian Foreign Minister Peter Zijarto emphasized this. Brace yourselves for this one. Ukraine has put cats on the front line of the war against mice. The mice infiltrate trenches. They damage essential equipment. Can you believe it? These feline heroes do more than provide companionship. They are also playing a vital role in the fight against the invaders. But wait, the story gets better. Russia has responded with its own stories of cats. It's a clash of narratives. Cats become symbols of resilience and humanity amid the chaos of war. Let's meet some of these incredible cats. Sersky, the combat cat, helped solve a mouse problem in a frontline village. This proves that even cats can be heroes. Then there's Shabik, the lover. His human is Oleksandr Liashuk. They're a dynamic duo on the southern front. Their joint patrol videos went viral. The videos showcased the bond between a soldier and his cat. Carolina, the mother cat, brought a family of six cats to a Ukrainian army unit. 
These cats were abandoned in war-torn villages. They found a new home among soldiers. The cats provide comfort. They even help raise funds for military equipment. Let's not forget Herrick, the high-bred Scottish fold. He joined his human on the front lines. His calm demeanor made him a star during Russian shelling. Herrick used his online popularity to rally support. He raised millions for the military. Isn't it amazing? These cats have become an essential part of modern warfare. Ukraine's mobilizing cats gain international attention. Russia counters with its own stories of cats. It's a unique aspect of war where even cats play a role in shaping the narrative. Listen up. Thousands of people are fleeing Khan Yunis. The Israeli military is surrounding the city. It's a dire situation and we want to keep you informed with the latest information. The Israeli military is currently operating in southern Gaza. As a result, many Palestinian families in Khan Yunis have been displaced from their homes. It's a tough situation. We can only imagine how difficult it must be for these families to leave everything behind. Our goal here is to share their stories and experiences with you. We want you to better understand and empathize with their struggles. Israel is mourning the loss of at least 24 soldiers in Gaza. This is the largest single loss since the start of the conflict with Hamas. Our hearts go out to all those affected by this tragic situation. Now, let's focus on some critical developments. One, hospitals are under siege. Doctors without borders reports challenges following Israel's evacuation orders near Al Nasser Hospital in Khan Yunis. The UN highlights deteriorating conditions. Military operations are expanding. We're keeping a close eye on this situation and we'll update you as we get more information. Two, one key issue causing trouble is that Qatar engages with both Israel and Hamas. Unfortunately, both sides have made statements. They reject a two-state solution. This has created some obstacles in the negotiations. However, we hope to reach a solution soon. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres has expressed his concern over Israel's position. He called it unacceptable. 3. US Secretary of State Antony Blinken recently described the talks for the release of hostages in Gaza as sober and serious. However, he rejected Israel's proposal. It was for permanent buffer zones in Gaza. 4. It looks like things are getting a bit more complicated when it comes to the conflict. The US struck Iran-backed militias in Iraq. Israeli attacks in Lebanon add another layer. Tensions are escalating in the Red Sea. This is adding even more complexity to the situation. At GeoRumor, we provide news updates. We do not offer professional advice. Stay informed and consult licensed professionals for personalized insights. Remember to subscribe to, comment on, like, and share this podcast. Encourage your friends and family to do the same. Let's stay connected. Let's explore the ever-evolving world of global affairs together. Thank you for tuning in to GeoRumor. Your engagement is essential to us. Until next time, 
This is Tochukwu Okonkwo signing off. Keep the global conversation alive. <laughs>